have in my hand. Powerful Word of God. Can change lives, heal broken hearts, save man's soul. Lord Jesus, today, speak to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Now look at your neighbor and say, are you a fan? Then ask them, are you a follower? If you're up here on the front row, you'll be tired of Christian asking you all the time, what's going on? <laughs> Ever been to a car dealership and they'll say or hear a commercial about one that say, anybody can buy a car here? You ever heard those? Yeah. And then you get to the fine print and it says, only if your credit's available. Uh, or you'll go in and you'll say, uh, anybody, anybody can get this cash on their cell phone. You got a cell phone deal, and anybody can anybody can qualify for this cell phone. And all of a sudden, you find out uh, not so much. So, does it really mean anyone when it mean when they say anyone? Well, in Luke nine twenty three, Jesus said, "If anyone would come after me, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me." So when Jesus is making this invitation to potential followers, he absolutely invites anyone. And I want to give you four points this morning. The first one is, anyone is welcome. Truly, in the, in the mind and the heart of Jesus, anyone is welcome. But over the years, we've gotten to the point where we hear Jesus say, anyone, and we think, yeah, what's the catch here? What's the catch about anyone being available to follow him. Well, the good news is there's no, there's no catch. There's no small print. There's no hidden fees. It's all laid out in that verse when he says, anyone, anyone. And when Jesus said anyone, the crowds would have looked at his disciples <laughs> and really knew what he meant when he said anyone with that motley crew that walked around with him. But you got to understand in his society, in Jesus' society, Jesus was considered a rabbi. Homeless, unconventional, but a rabbi nonetheless. And as a rabbi, a teacher of God's word, which was then the Old Testament, rabbis had extensive knowledge of the Torah, which was the five, first five books of the Bible. And then all the writings of the prophets. And rabbis were also special because they had a group of Talmids, and the Talmuds translates to disciple or student. So essentially every rabbi had a class of students. And this was an incredibly exclusive group of students. Most people didn't end up as students of rabbis. In fact, those who didn't make the cut most often ended up learning some trade, typically one that was passed down through their family, either a stonemason or a fisherman or some type of tradesman. And for those students wanting to become one of the Talmuds of a particular rabbi, they had to go through an application process, and it was a rigorous application pro uh, progress with lots of hefty prerequisites. Equivalent to our day and age to a GPA to get into an elite college or academy. If you are going to go to Harvard, you'd have to have a 4.0 GPA, 
probably a 32 on your ACT or a 1600 on your SAT. How many of you have achieved that 32 SAT score? I've met two, maybe three people in my lifetime that scored that high. One of them now is a senior football player for Jinx High School, Nick Lucido. Uh, that's too smart for me. I asked him, what are you going to do? He said, oh, probably biochemistry. I said, really? What are you, what are you going to do with all that? He goes, and he started rattling off stuff he could do with it. And I said, You've, you left me at the gate, brother. That's okay. But we've got to have young people like that, don't we? Those are the people who figure out how to, how to, how to uh, handle disease and how to heal diseases. But <clears throat> these are the types of requirements that these rabbis would require of the Talmuds who applied to be in their school. So the Talmuds had to have extensive knowledge of Scripture. A rabbi could quiz a prospective Talmud. He could ask them to recite a whole book of the Bible. My greatest fear is that when I get to heaven as a preacher, he's going to say, Ah, you're Pastor Harold. That's not a good thing. Because he may then ask me to do what these rabbis asked their Talmud to do, and that's to, to recite an entire book of the Bible or tell him the number of times the Lord is used in the 11th chapter of the book of Leviticus. That's not going to be fun. It was painstaking. It was intense. But rabbis had to be thorough because the excellence of the student reflected the excellence of the teacher. Very important. The excellence of the student reflected the excellence of the teacher. So does Jesus in us reflect his excellence? Or are we kind of mediocre? Just kind of get by. If a rabbi just let anybody in, he was not a very sought-after teacher. If a rabbi's group of Talmud were especially brilliant, the rabbi would be respected and admired. And then Jesus came, comes along and he changes the whole system. Especially when he invited a tax collector to be a Talmud. I want you to see this video clip as we pause here for just a moment. When Jesus said to Matthew, follow me, he was making it clear that his invitation to follow is not just for the religious elite or for the morally upright, for those who have their lives together. His invitation is for all of us who are hiding some stains. Jesus said, anyone who would come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Anyone. Anyone is a pretty inclusive word. Anyone can follow Jesus. Anyone who's ever thought to themselves, I've gone too far, my stain is too big. Anyone who's ever laid awake at night and said, I can't believe what I've done. Anyone who's ever looked in the mirror and said to themselves, I can't believe what I've become. 
anyone can follow. So word goes out that this teacher, this rabbi, this new rabbi, is picking followers at random. People started to wonder what was going on. They came to hear this teacher, this incredible teacher named Jesus. But when they looked at his disciples, they probably were confused because they must have shook their heads and said, These are his students? Well, these are nobodies. These, These people don't have any credentials to be a student of a great rabbi. I mean, two of them were fishermen. Some were political potheads. One guy was a local tax collector. But then Jesus made the invitation, and when people heard that anyone could come learn from this incredible rabbi, I'm sure they started to think about it. People who had given up the dream of learning from a rabbi long time ago were now wondering if maybe they'd be welcome in this new rabbi's group. And slowly but surely, people started to come and wanted to follow this rabbi named Jesus. They, they realized when he said anyone that he truly meant it. He truly meant it. And so when Jesus said that anyone was welcome, the crowds began to understand that that meant everyone was welcome. Which leads me to my second point. And that is that anyone means everyone. But there's a struggle. And here's the struggle. Though we'd never say it, we don't always buy into the idea that church should be just for anyone. We kind of like the church the way it is, don't we? We usually prefer things to say the same, and same soon becomes standard, and pretty soon a standard becomes a qualification. Please hear me, folks. Please hear me. I think Jesus knew how things would go, and that's why I think Luke 9.23 reminds us that there shouldn't be any qualifications. So Jesus does away with the qualifications to follow. He got rid of the long list of prerequisites. He did away with the standard application process, and I think the church should do away with some of our qualifications. Ah, you might be saying, do we have qualifications? Well, they're kind of unwritten codes that we've developed over the years. For instance... In church, there's always been this unwritten dress code. Now, we don't follow it very closely here, like we used to years ago, do we? Preacher had to wear a black suit, white shirt, black tie, black horn rim glasses, have his hair slicked down. He had to look like a funeral director. That's what preachers had to look like. They didn't raise their voice. They sure didn't sit down like I'm having to. But then again, if I stand up too long, I'll have to, somebody have to carry me out. <laughs> Because the way my knee is. But thank you for making that adjustment. I quit wearing a tie a long time ago. When I preached for my brother in Texas, he told me I had to wear a tie. I said, really? So where's that in the Bible? He said, well, it's not in the Bible, but it's in our church. Ah, gotcha. So I borrowed one of his ties. He's six foot three, and so his ties were a lot longer than mine. But that's okay. That's okay. But I wore a tie. Didn't really match what I had on, but it didn't matter. Didn't matter. But there's kind of that unwritten code about dress. 
Sometimes we get into an unwritten code about political views in church. In some churches, there's all kinds of things that we've added into this unwritten code, whether or not we should ever consume alcohol, whether or not we should listen to this or that type of music, income, social agenda, what your church denomination is. And that list can stack up pretty quick. But sure, the church keeps saying anyone's welcome. But are they really? Are they really? Do we want somebody that doesn't smell right? Do we want somebody that doesn't act right? Had a guy show up last Sunday as we started Sunday school, standing over here with tears in his eyes, and he said, I need $20, preacher. I said, I don't have any cash. He told me a story. I said, we don't keep cash here. As he told his story, I reached into my pocket, and I had $4. And I thought, well, you know what? There's some people down here that might have some resources. So I walked in and told the other Sunday school class, and somebody didn't even hesitate, just reached in and handed me $20. So I handed the man $24 and sent him on his way. Why do they come at Sunday school? Are we too busy to receive them? That was initially the thought that came to my mind. I said, you know, you know, you know friend, have you considered what time it is? Have you considered that you've interrupted my schedule today? And they've always got to talk to me, right? They don't have to talk to you. They've got to talk to me. I give you complete freedom to talk to them. It's okay. You can be my representative to them when they come in. We've had them come in, haven't we? And we've taken up offerings for them, haven't we? And we never see them again. We never hear from them again. Remember the gentleman said he'd he lived over in uh, Tulsa on Pine Street, and he'd driven by, he'd driven to 20 th churches, and nobody would help him. I don't know if that was true, but we helped him, because that's what God wants us to do. So is anybody welcome? Do they meet certain qualifications? Jesus didn't just get rid of the qualifications. He, when he said anyone, he meant it. And so eliminating the qualifications, Jesus got rid of all excuses, which is my third point. There's no qualifications, and that certainly means no excuses. When Jesus invites anyone to follow him, he doesn't just break down the barriers to, to keep so many people from learning about God. He also gets rid of all the excuses different people give for hiding behind those excuses. Why don't you come to church? Oh, it's the only day I get to rest. Why don't you come to church? Ah, I did when I was a kid, you know. That's, that's not, it's not relevant. It's not there for me anymore. Ah, boy, you know, that preacher I used to listen to, he was the best. There will never be another preacher like him. Why don't you come to church? Ah, that's for the women to do. I'm too busy. That's the only day I get to hunt and fish. That's what I meant, but I hunt and fish. Got to get out at noon. Got to get out by noon so I can watch the football game. It's not, even, it's not even good to watch till the fourth quarter, so just relax. Take a deep breath. They'll have another one on after it, and then you can watch it, and then they'll have one on tonight, and they'll watch it. And if you miss all that, you got one tomorrow night. They, they don't work out on a Thursday night. Hey, you got all kinds of football going on. Just relax. No bigger fan than me. I love football. But I'm not going to miss Jesus and some time with Jesus for a football game. Now, there was a time I would. 
but not anymore. Because you know, in heaven, Peyton Manning isn't going to save me at all. He might in my fantasy football league, but he's not going to save me when I get to heaven. When, when God says, why should I let you into heaven? Peyton Manning ain't going to step up and go, he's one of my boys on my fantasy team. <laughs> no, but I sure want Jesus to step up and say, because he's one of ours, Dad, he's one of ours. See, we hide behind excuses, don't we? Hey, we need Sunday school teachers. Well, somebody else will do it. Well, it's time for these young people to step up and do it. Yep, somebody else do it. Yep, 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 yep. Hey, I need some help putting this, uh, putting this, cutting this tree down. Oh, yep, somebody will do that. I don't, I don't have a saw. Somebody will do it. Somebody. There's always that somebody in there. Somebody this, somebody else, somebody this. See, to clean the carpet, we had to move the chairs out. Three ladies older than me were moving the chairs out. So the chairs had to be set back up for today. Well, Don Baker sets all the chairs up for me. He sets them in the rows, right? But I thought, you know what? I'm going to give it a try today. I got them, and you're all sitting in them, and it's looking good. They may not be as straight as, like Don. Boy, Don's, he's accurate. That's that old Navy in him, you know what I'm saying? That military drills it into you guys, don't it? Like, like Corporal Bruner back there. You don't, don't mess with him now. Don't mess with him. When I called him, he says, this is Dwayne out. I said, okay. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> no. It's, it's driven in there, isn't it, Brother Dwayne? Driven in there. But why do we hide behind that? Tradesmen had no excuse not to follow Rabbi. The dropout student couldn't complain about his past anymore. No mother of four couldn't say she had she'd never been given a chance to learn from a rabbi. When we offer a class for you to grow deep in your walk, don't blow it off. Make arrangements to be in the class. That's why we offer it. You can't grow if you don't try to grow. So what's your excuse? I think most of us have been holding off and developing a deeper relationship with Christ because we say we're so busy. But what's your excuse? Is it because you're too busy putting in hours at the office? Is it because you've really been focusing on your marriage lately? Is it because the kids need a lot more time and attention? Is it because times have been tough and and you've had to get the second job. Others say it's because they've got a, a past that they're not very proud of. So the baggage from the addiction or the divorce or the bankruptcy has been an excuse for such a long time. It's easy to hide behind those kinds of excuses because who's going to argue with someone who's been through a tragedy or someone who's been emotionally scarred, but Jesus gets rid of all the excuses and He invites anyone to come, anyone to follow. Have you got a sexual past? Anyone. Have you got, are you an ex-con? Anyone. Are you an inmate? Recently divorced? Anyone, he says. Are you a legalist? You hold a lot of traditions and you think things have to be a certain way or no way. I've got a church for you if you're a legalist. This isn't it, but I've got one for you. As we, you know, we want to help, right? I mean, we want to be helpful. We want to be all things to all people that we might win a few. No. 
alcoholic, have drug addictions in your past, find yourself being a hypocrite. You see, Jesus the rabbi opens his teaching to anyone. And I'm so glad. Now we need to be ready for what can happen if we embrace the invitation to give to anyone. Because if anyone comes to church, that's kind of a can get kind of messy. It can. They sometimes cuss. I've heard people cuss in our church service. Have you? No, they don't mean to, but it's just that that's, a, that's the way they talk through the week, and it just kind of slips out. Oh, how dare them? Yeah, it does. It happens. Do you get up and get mad? Well, get out of here. No, you don't do that. You just love them, right? Just love them. Just love them. What if they don't take communion the right way? Well, how dare they? You've got to take the bread, then you take the cup, and you can't take them in reverse order. And how dare it? Well, the preacher told us we had to hold them and take them all together. I just, well, that didn't feel right. Communion table up off the floor, down on the floor, over on the side, up on the side, back away, out of the way. Preacher's not up there on the stand. He doesn't. Oh. See? It can get messy. When unchurched people come to church, it gets messy. Especially on Wednesday night when kids come that don't really go to church much fun to watch them. Some of them don't even know how to act. But it's fun to watch. See, because when unchurched people come, when people that have messy lives come, it makes us get out of our comfort zones. It makes us rub shoulders with people from different backgrounds, social circles, people who have different music collections and recreational activities. I'm telling you, Coach Trimble is a good friend. And some people love him, some people hate him, which like most of us, right? But I'm telling you, that guy can... He, can, he remembers songs. He'll, I'll say, Coach, who did this song? He can rattle off who did it and when it was played, you know, all that stuff. I, I wish I had that kind of a memory. I don't. Some people do scripture that way, don't they? And you like hanging around people like that. Because they seem to have a scriptural answer for every question that's asked. When Mark Barrier's here, and we'll ask him questions, he's fluffing most of the time when he's giving us an answer. He's just, he just rattling off stuff. I know he's just fluffing because I've sat through four years with him. And he's getting to be an old man now. The brain cells aren't still there. I know they're not. But we're still in amazement, aren't we? He'll say something, we'll go, oh, that's profound. No, he's not trying to fool us. But we get out of our comfort zones and these unwritten codes that we kind of carry, sometimes they're, oh, oh. I had the two girls collect the offering the other night for the quartet. Is that okay? Well, it's too bad it happened. <laughs> Can we have a, a girl on staff here at the church? Oh, we never had one of those before. What do you call her? Hmm? Ma'am? I don't know. What do you call her? A servant? Yeah, that works. Her name, that's even better. I'm not saying we tolerate or condone anything sinful. That's the, that's the thing you need to take into consideration and, let me, and, and hear me straight up. When a person wants to become a Christian, it's right to make sure that they understand what God's Word allows and what it doesn't allow. It's very important that we do that. That's why I say all the time in the invitation, if you want to come to Christ for the first time, you want to join this church, let us teach you what that means. Let us teach you what that means. 
Come make your decision. Come let us know what your decision is. But then we want to teach you about it. We want to teach you. Make sure you know what you're doing. Because it's not an easy road that you're asking to, to come down. He's asking you to deny it all. To deny it all. Which leads me to my fourth point. It's everyone, but it's everything. It's everyone, but it's everything. And when Jesus makes his invitation, he welcomes anyone who would come after him. But he also makes it clear that when you choose to follow him, then you're giving up everything. So it's anyone, but it's everything. When a Talmud was finally accepted into a rabbi's school, they would leave their homes, their jobs, whatever was holding them back, and they would go and follow the rabbi. Literally, they would follow the rabbi wherever he went. At this point in the message, I was going to ask one of the young people to be my Talmud. And then I was going to walk around the church and just have them follow me everywhere I went to make the point. But I don't need to because you get it. So if a rabbi decides to go to the market, the student would go with him. If a rabbi decided to go to another town, the student would follow. If the rabbi needed to visit some sick in the area, the student would go with him. He would follow him everywhere he went. But to follow the rabbi named Jesus, it would cost even more because if the rabbi decided to live without a home, the student would follow if Jesus, the rabbi, decided to go among the sinners and, and the shameful, the student would follow. And if Jesus, the rabbi, decided to not flee from persecution, the student would follow. And that's what Jesus offers. The greatest teacher who has ever lived offers you the chance to become one of his students. And when he says anyone, he means everyone. And with no qualifications, you've got no excuse. But even though he makes his invitation to anyone, he also guarantees that it will cost you everything. I've got a song I want you to listen to. Listen to the words. Listen to the words. And then we'll have our invitation following this song.
open hands and open doors. Put your light in my eyes and let me see that my own little world is not about me. you want us to be one of your students, that you want us to be followers and not just fans. And so God, today, would we heed the message of Matthew West's song and realize that there is something bigger greater out there than population me. There is something out there much more important. The beggar on the street, the wife or husband at home, the children that we're not spending the time with. There's something really more important than me. And so God, would you impress on our hearts that you want us in your School, you want us to be your Talmud. And so, God, the question of the hour is, are we ready? Are we ready to serve? Are we willing to follow the rabbi? Or are we just going to keep playing the games and doing things the way we've always done them? So, God, if somebody has that courage today, if that one person has that courage today, to step out and to say they want you to make a difference in them, would they have that courage to do it in Jesus' name? Amen. Stand, let's sing. God's moving in your heart to respond to it today. Mm-hmm.